What would you do if someone with more resources than you could ever hope to see gave you a blank check and said, go ahead, fill in any amount you want. It's no problem. What would you do with that? Probably a lot you would do, a lot you would think about doing. And um, don't think too hard because that's probably never going to happen. So don't spend too much energy on that. But it's nice to think about, right? It's nice to dream what you might want to do with that. And in a small, small way, that's kind of like the setting for the next prayer that we're going to consider today as we continue on in our Practical Prayers series. Today we're going to consider the prayer of Solomon, and it's a prayer for wisdom. A prayer for wisdom. That's something that we all should be praying for. It's something we all need more wisdom, and uh, certainly something to pray about and ask God for. 1 Kings 3, 5 through 13 is going to be our primary text today. 1 Kings 3, 5 through 13. Uh, I will be reading today from the ESV, the English Standard Version. So hopefully that will help you as you follow along in your copy of God's Word. Picking up at verse 5, God's Word says this, At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, Ask what I shall give you. In other words, I'm, I'm going to give you something, Solomon. I'm going to give you whatever you ask me for. So go ahead and ask. I'm ready. I'm available. Ask away. <clears throat> and Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made. He didn't say, I have you know, risen to the throne. I have, I have achieved this greatness. No, he said, you you have made your servant king in place of David, my father, although I am but a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. In other words, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what to do. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, in, in light of all that, because of, of that being true, because of how great this task is before me, give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind, a mind of wisdom, to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to govern this, your great people? Verse 10. It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. And God said to him, Because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, 
Behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. Let me just pause really quick to point out something that I think is important for us to know. Discernment, which has been mentioned here now a couple of times, discernment is knowing that just because we can doesn't always mean we should. That's what discernment really is. And that's really what wisdom is. Often we get that backwards and we live our lives in a way that says, well, because I can, I'm going to. I can. I have the freedom. I have the ability. Even as Christians, we can do that. We have the freedom in Christ, right? And let's be thankful for that. Praise God, we have freedom in Christ. But often, we abuse that freedom and we look at it the wrong way. We think that because we have freedom in Christ, we can do you know, whatever, fill in the blank. But freedom in Christ means the freedom to discern the fact that just because we can doesn't always mean we should. And that's where true wisdom is found. And I think that we would be wise to take that to heart. To discern not just between always what is good and evil, the black and the white, but to discern what is the best in a situation. There's there's okay, there's good, and then there's best. And we need to be able to discern what is best in every situation. What is best not just for us, but what is best for those around us? What is best in our circle of influence? What is best in our family? What is best for those that we are able to impact and who God has given us the chance to minister to? What is best in all those scenarios? That's where discernment comes in, and that's where wisdom is needed. So something to consider and ponder there. Back in the text, verse 13 God continues speaking here to Solomon. I give you also. So not only am I going to give you what you asked for. Yes, Solomon, I'm going to give you wisdom. And I'm not going to give you just a little bit of wisdom. I'm going to give you so much wisdom that no one has ever had the amount of wisdom before you or after you that I'm going to give you. And then God is, he is just so good, isn't he? To go above and beyond what we ask for. Here's what he does. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. Wow. We would be wise to do what Solomon did by making sure a priority of prayer was asking for wisdom. This was a dream, yes, but it was also a prayer. In this dream, there was intimate, personal, profound conversation that was going on, and Solomon was petitioning God. I mean, that's prayer. And the fact that he did start with what he started, that that just speaks volumes. Of all the things that he could have asked for, and stands the reason God would have given it to him, he made sure to ask for wisdom. And so my question to you today, the question we all need to ask is, does that mark our prayer life? Is that a priority for our prayer? We've talked a lot about what should be priorities in our prayer throughout this series, this practical prayers series. And we've been emphasizing 
what to draw from that is practical for us today in our prayer lives and in our lives before God. And so just as I've done in each of these areas that we focused on, I want to do that now. I want to ask you right here, right now, is a prayer for wisdom, a request for wisdom, is that something that is a priority for you in your prayer life? If it's not, it needs to be. It needs to be. We need to make a habit of asking God to grant us the wisdom that only He can grant us. The wisdom we need, it's not going to come from other people around us that are really smart. It's not going to come from reading a bunch of books, as good as that is and as needed as that is. It's not going to come from another degree. There's nothing wrong with getting another degree, but it's not going to come from that. The wisdom we really, really need day in and day out in this life that is full of insurmountable struggles. The wisdom we need is from above. And it's ours to receive, and it's ready to be received if we will but ask. You know, I think of what Jesus told His disciples, you don't have because you don't ask. And you don't don't have, you haven't received because you're asking in the wrong way or asking for the wrong reasons. Let's ask for wisdom. Real, lasting, supernatural wisdom. I'm sure at some point you've all had a dream that was so real that you woke up expecting to find real results of the circumstances you know that you experienced in the dream. You expected that you'd wake to find something had changed in your real life. It was that real, or you, or you woke to expecting to find that maybe you forgot about something that happened. It was that real. And maybe you were either you were disappointed or you were relieved, depending on whether the dream was good or bad. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like maybe you wake up and you're like, oh, good, glad that was just a dream. Or you wake up, oh, man. You know, and the dream was so real, you expected the results to be with you when, you when you woke up. In Solomon's case, while his conversation with God that we're reading about here happened in a dream, God granting his request in the dream was very real. And it yielded real world results. We just read in the passage, our main passage there, that God promised to give what Solomon requested, and certainly he did. And, and I want to just take a, a very, very few minutes to look at an example of how that did happen, of the granting of that request that God followed through, and he did give him the wisdom that he asked for. In 1 Kings 4, 32-34, we read this, Solomon spoke 3,000 proverbs. That's a lot of proverbs. And the book of Proverbs contains a a good amount of his Proverbs, but certainly not all of them. Solomon spoke 3,000 Proverbs. And his songs, different from Proverbs, songs numbered 1,005. He spoke about trees from the cedar in Lebanon, which was believed to be like the top of the tree list, you know, the prime example of trees from the cedar in Lebanon to the hyssop growing out of the wall. So, like, think weeds. So from the highest to the lowest, 
He also spoke about animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. So, I mean, talk about a Renaissance man. Shoo. He spoke these, you know, great intellectual proverbs of wisdom that were meant to be applied. He was a, obviously a musician. He was into botany. He was into uh, zoology. Verse 34, emissaries of all peoples sent by every king on earth who had heard of his wisdom came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Think of uh, the Queen of Sheba. You know, she visited and she said, goodness, I've heard about this, but the reports didn't do anything justice from what I'm seeing and hearing. She was blown away. The, the text actually in, in that account says that she, it took her breath away. When she saw all of Solomon's prosperity, when she heard all of his wisdom, it took her breath away. So, yeah, I'd say God came through. I'd say he delivered on his promise. What does this show us up to this point? What we've heard and read up to this point? What can we glean practically from Solomon's request for wisdom and not just his request for wisdom, but what he said before he asked. You know, he, he was very careful to say that the reason he is king was owed to God. He said, you have put me on the throne of my father David. And the fact that he was prosperous in his reign, that's only because of you too. So you've extended your kindness. You've extended your grace to me. It's nothing I've done. He was also careful to acknowledge that he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, he had grown up, you know, as a a royal prince and certainly learned a lot from his father, David, but he was ready to admit and acknowledge he had a lot to learn and he didn't know where to start. At this point, he was still very young. He was certainly under 30. He was somewhere between probably 25 and 30 at this point. He was probably around 20 when he came to the throne, and this is a few years after that. So he's recognizing his need. He's recognizing God as sovereign. He's recognizing God as good. And he's recognizing that the wisdom that he needs can only come from God. So what does all this show us and teach us about wisdom? Well, I want to give you just a little formula that I think will be helpful and and easy to remember. And it's something we see demonstrated by Solomon and something that we see God responded to. Here it is. Humility before God, plus worship of God, equals wisdom from God. I'm going to say it again, and I encourage you to write this down. I just think this is really valuable and and very, very practical. Humility before God, humbling yourself before Him, plus worship of God, exalting how great He is and celebrating all that He is and all that He does, equals wisdom, true wisdom from God. Wisdom is knowing all that God is, all that He has said, who He is, what He's about, and it's viewing all of life through the lens of God's truth. That's what real wisdom is. It's knowing who He is, coming to Him in humility, celebrating all that He is, and then it's applying and and just viewing everything, everything that He has revealed and communicated, all of His truth. It's applying that to every area of life. 
And we certainly see that in, in Solomon's example, that he, he humbled himself before God. He worshipped God for who and what he was and how great and majestic and powerful that he was. And that resulted in wisdom. We see that that is something that Solomon genuinely believed and sought to apply in his life because one of the Proverbs he wrote, Proverbs 9.10, says this, The fear of the Lord... The reverential awe of the Lord. The, the worship of the Lord. That's what's wrapped up in the fear. It doesn't mean like I'm, I'm scared, I'm, you know, I'm trembling in, in, in fear uh, in that way, but it's I'm in awe of you. I'm revering you. I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm speechless at who you are. I'm blown away by your greatness. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of, the foundation, the starting point of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One. What a phrase. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Church, I want to suggest to you that the reason that many times we are lacking in real wisdom is because we don't fear the Lord enough because we have allowed ourselves to be distracted or we have allowed our worship to be diluted. The fear of the Lord, the awe of our awesome God, that's the beginning of wisdom, the foundation of it. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We need to, we need to make sure that that is what we are anchored to, that we are fearing the Lord appropriately, that we are pursuing knowledge of Him and His holiness more and more and more all the time. Now, I wish I could tell you and I wish you could say that that was what remained true of Solomon all his life and that that just kept getting you know, more and more true and increasing. Unfortunately, tragically, that's not the case. Too bad he didn't remember that, what he started off by knowing and what he wrote there in Proverbs 9.10. Too bad he didn't remember that. Too bad he didn't continue to apply it because he didn't. And in 1 Kings chapter 11, we are taken to what in my opinion is one of the most tragic, heartbreaking accounts and realities in all of the Bible. Every time I read this passage, every time I hear it, I am just personally just devastated, heartbroken. I won't read the whole chapter, but I just want to draw your attention to verses 4 through 6. 1 Kings 11, 4 through 6. And I want you to see the tragic decline and the, the horrible contrast to how Solomon began and then how he ended his reign and his life. 1 Kings 11.4, this is from the CSB. When Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods. Anybody, uh, our resident Bible scholars here, anybody know off the top of your head how many wives Solomon had? Let me hear it. It was over 700, yeah, and then he had concubines beyond that. So we can say safely that uh, Solomon's weakness 
was women. And this shows us, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart away to follow other gods. He was not wholeheartedly devoted to the Lord his God as his father David had been. Isn't that just, I mean, don't you just feel the weight of that? That tragedy? Especially considering how he started. He started so well. He began so well. Verse 5, Solomon followed Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and Milcom, the abhorrent idol of the Ammonites. Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight, and unlike his father David, he did not remain loyal to the Lord. Wisdom can manifest in several different ways, and you can pursue wisdom in various categories. Certainly, humanly speaking, earthly wisdom, you can look for a lot of different, you can look to a lot of different sources for that, and you can, there's a lot of different avenues of wisdom that people would tell you. If you asked ten people on the street, how do you think you find wisdom, and what does wisdom look like, what's it really involve, you'd hear a lot of different answers, and some of them would be good, some of them would be bad. But let me just tell you this, sincere, real, genuine, powerful, lasting wisdom. It's found in being wholeheartedly devoted to God. Wholeheartedly devoted to God. That's where wisdom is going to be found. Wisdom is connected to worship. Wisdom is connected to worship. And what we worship will determine how wise we are. And we all worship something all the time. Hopefully we are worshiping God more than we're not. Everybody, though, worships something. You either are worshiping God or you're, you're not. You're worshiping yourself. You're worshiping things, you know, possessions. You're worshiping other people. You're worshiping goals and ambitions. You're worshiping, you know, fill in the blank. But we, we are all created to worship and we all will worship. The question is not, are we worshiping? The question is, who are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? And so to be wise, we have to make sure we keep coming back to worship of God and God alone. That's where wisdom is found. And therefore, when we are not consistently worshiping God with our whole heart, then no matter how we might seem to others or even to ourselves, we will not be truly wise because it's connected to worship. And therefore, that also means to continue being wise, you have to continue seeking God. That's where continual wisdom is found. That's how we continue to increase in our wisdom. To continue being wise, you have to continue seeking God. That's why we see this happening with Solomon. The wisdom that he had that he started off with, no matter how much he might have seemed to still be wise, obviously he declined in his wisdom, in real wisdom, because he did not continue seeking God. 
Don't let that be true of you. Resist that. Guard against a decline in wisdom. And the way you guard against it is by guarding against your heart being taken away from wholehearted devotion to God. Continue seeking God and you will continue to be wise. You just don't get any more practical than that. And that's what needs to mark all of our lives. It's not something that was just true of Solomon. It's not something that was just true in the Old Testament. James 1.5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, if any of you, now that, that really might as well say all of us, all of you, right? Because we all lack wisdom. Let's just be honest. No matter how old you live, you're going to lack wisdom. There's going to always be a situation that comes your way that you weren't prepared for and you don't have any idea of what to do with it. There's going to be a circumstance that you find yourself in and you've never found yourself in it before. and There was no playbook. You don't know what to do. You don't know how to get through it. You're going to have a trial in your family you personally or your family members, and, and they're going to come to you and they're going to say, what do I do? And you're not going to have the answer or, or you yourself are going to be struggling and you're not going to know what to do. There is never a time this side of eternity where we're going to have it all figured out. So if any of you lacks wisdom, that means all of our ears should be perking up and our radar should be flashing. Oh, yep, that's me. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously, some translations say liberally, to all without reproach. In other words, without criticism, without making you feel bad. Oh man, are you dumb? Coming to me again. Here you are again, asking for wisdom. What is wrong with you? When are you going to learn? No, that'll never be God's response to us. God's response is, yes, yes, I I want to give you wisdom. Thank you for asking me and coming to me, the source, the fountain of wisdom. Thank you for recognizing that, that I am the source of all wisdom. Yes, I want to give you wisdom that you need. Let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. Here's another reason why we are so often lacking in wisdom. We don't start here. We don't start by going to God, the source of wisdom. That's really dumb. (laughs) How many times have you heard or even said at some point in your life, well, there's nothing left to do but pray? What? Come on. that's, That's totally backwards, right? In everything, You start with praying. God, help. God, I need you. God, I don't know what to do here. That will always be true. No matter how smart you are in other areas, before God, we are all incredibly, shockingly dumb. And we prove it every single day. So start here. Start with the source of wisdom. And then keep coming back to it. It's not a one and done thing either. 
You don't start with God asking for wisdom and then you never ask Him for it again. No, you, you keep coming and you keep asking because we'll, we're always lacking, really. Here's another really, really important passage speaking of wisdom and what we need to do and how we get it. It goes along with everything that we've talked about so far today. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Some of you probably have this memorized, and it's a good one to memorize. Trust, that's rely on, depend on, hope in. Trust in the Lord. All that He is. Who He is, what He is. All of His ability, all of His wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not just some. All your heart. That's your whole being. All that you are. Let all that you are rest entirely on all that God is. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean. Don't put your weight on your own understanding. If you do that, it's like sitting in a chair with one leg. You know, it's, you're going to fall. It's not going to hold you up. Leaning on a, on a brittle branch or stick or crutch, it's going to end badly. Do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, every aspect of life. Acknowledge Him. That word acknowledge isn't isn't just, oh, I know there's a God up there. Acknowledge means submit to here. Recognize His sovereignty. Recognize His power. Recognize His goodness. Recognize His control over every situation and submit to it. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, bow before Him, and look at the result. Listen to the result. And He will make your paths straight. That's the application of wisdom. I don't know what to do here. I don't know where to go. There's all these different routes for me to take. I, ah, I don't know what to do. Help me. And God says, I will. Trust in me. Trust in me. Depend on me with all your heart. Don't, don't lean on your own limited understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me and I'll make your path straight. I'll straighten out the road for you. Don't you need that? Don't you want that? Sure you do. Of course you do. We all do. But we're not going to find it anywhere else. We're not going to find it outside of God. And that's where real wisdom begins. It's knowing that, and then it's doing something about it. And then it's applying the wisdom that He is waiting to give you, to give us. Sound good? Well, let's pray and ask for wisdom again together, okay? Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for showing us so much in Your Word. Thank You for people like Solomon that at the beginning of his kingship, he he definitely shows us all the right response and and what, what it looks like to really humble ourselves. And he shows how important it is to ask for wisdom and what an example he is at the beginning. And though it's tragic, Father, I thank you also for the example and the negative that he provides. That if we don't keep seeking you, then we are all prone to fall like Solomon did. 
None of us are beyond that catastrophic, tragic fall that Solomon is an example of. We can't just ask for wisdom and get it from you and then we're good and we can coast the rest of our lives. That's just not the case. So thank you for the sad but necessary example of Solomon's decline and what that teaches us, that we have to keep humbling ourselves before you, keep seeking you, keep abandoning the things that would take us from you. May we avoid Solomon's pitfall and therefore be even more wise than what he was. Thank you that you've given us that ability through the full counsel of your word, through the indwelling of your Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us away from the things that would lead us away from you. Please do that in our lives. Lead us away from the things that would lead us away from you and keep leading us to you, the source of all wisdom. Help us to apply your wisdom to every situation and to be careful to worship you in every aspect of life. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.